This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show and another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. And uh, it's match day. Football's finally back. Lovely stuff. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the game a little later on. I'm saying that now. I might feel very differently afterwards, but fingers crossed. Optimism is high. Keep it going. Keep on the uh, keep the victory run pushing forwards but Watford you know they're a tricky side they've taken points off some big teams this season they've had some big losses as well we need to make sure on the right side of the result if you go into the game today have a fantastic time I'm meanwhile working the game uh, for Football London back at home so you'll be able to read plenty of my coverage over there so make sure you're keeping track of my Twitter feed at Tom Cantor Media to get hold of all of that and of course the football.line website to find more too good morning everybody in the chat box hope you're doing good hope you're doing well who joins us first Peeny Ween getting in there quick uh loving that dedication to see you can get there first the battle between Peeny Ween and Matt G raises good morning to both of you John C good morning to you Bobby Martin Mike Jose Paul, Steve Stone, good morning to all of you guys. Uh, Viraj, Julian, uh, good morning to all of you. We've got uh, Steve Stone, we've got uh, Olu, we've got uh, who else? We've got Leopold, Jean, Timmy, uh, Christopher, Tony, Daniel, Junior, Liam. Good morning to all of you guys. Scrolling down a little bit more, I think I saw someone saying that it was their first time. Love the content. Thanks, Jackson. Much appreciate that fella. Top man. Uh, let's go. Uh, Brad Piri, good morning to you, mates. I do love Piri Piri. Uh, <laughs> those uh, Nando's fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. Good morning to you. Uh, I know it's spelled differently, but I don't care. Uh, first time being live. Thank you and welcome to the chat box, mate. I'm sure that a lot of people will welcome you in there uh, as per fantastic community that we've got. And we've got some things to discuss this morning, too. It is match day, and you've kind of grown to understand that on match days, the stories are a little bit light um, and the day after, which is fine because we've still got some things that we need to discuss, quite some big things as well. But we kick off, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. And if you go over to the link in the description, you will find a certain little clip a certain nine-minute six-a-side video that we film every single week on our six-a-side games. Uh, and it contains something a little nice. That's all I'll say. Something a little nice. Um, 
one that made me feel arrogant enough to do this celebration at the end of the video. And, you know, for the content. For the content. Go check it out. Link in the description. Um, anyway, our first story of the day is Armando Broja. Um, the, uh, I was going to say, where is, where is it? Albania, I think I want to say. Uh, international. Uh, on loan at Southampton from Chelsea. And Arsenal have been linked with him. Arsenal monitoring him. And it's the understanding of myself that there's kind of been monitoring going on for a little bit of time now. Uh, and they've been really impressed. However... He is from Chelsea. Chelsea are in a situation where, you know, we want to see, or they rather want to see maximum value for their players because there's a bit of uncertainty about what might happen in the future. And the supposed price tag attacks to Armando Broja, which is awfully pronounced, um, is 57 plus million pounds. 57. Like, this is astronomical. I know he's been good i was gonna say decent but i think they've been too harsh he's been good this season it's his first senior season at the top level he's scoring some good goals he's playing really well but 57 honestly <laughs> i don't really understand how chelsea can think they're going to demand that amount of money southampton i think we're looking at 25 25 million pounds was the quoted figure earlier on in the campaign when they wanted to sign him permanently that's mad. I wouldn't be going anywhere near him for that kind of money. If he'd have done it for like three seasons and was scoring like 15 plus goals in the Premier League every season, you might be able to justify it. But 57 million quid is so much. What well, are they smoking over there at the bridge, says Julian? And you're not wrong. That would be a ridiculous amount of money to invest in the player. Latvian Guna says way too much for that price. You can get someone better. WTF says Chris. Timmy says, 60 million, too much for me, but might help Roman get a new yacht after his current one got seized. Um, yeah, by the way, on Chelsea, I don't know, you've probably all seen the news by now, but the Chelsea supporters that decided to chant his name during the uh, applause to show solidarity with the, uh, the Ukrainian crisis right now, it is just one controversy after another i had someone leave a comment on the video yesterday when we discussed it or we brought it up on the preview show kind of saying there's nothing wrong with the chelsea fans showing appreciation for their owner look i'm not going to get into a debate about ch what's wrong with chanting roman abramovich's name but what i am going to get annoyed about is that the timing of it and thomas tuchel explained this really really well after the game to be fair too if you go and watch his explanation but you're chanting his name during the exact moment of showing solidarity with the U Ukrainian people. It's just wrong. It's just it's just not right. And uh, they should be ashamed of themselves without a shadow of a doubt. I have no no arguments against that viewpoint. Anyway, moving forwards. Um, interesting story coming from Marseille. Uh, my colleague um, Bailey Keogh covered this on Football London yesterday, but... Le Ten Sport, in an interview with the Marseille president, Pablo Longoria, said it's a three-way question when he was kind of asked about signing Saliba. Uh, for the club that owns the player, Arsenal, the player and Marseille, we have to see our possibilities. He is very happy here. We are very satisfied with his performance. William is one of the best young defenders I've seen in my career. After all, everything depends on the three parties. It's a matter of market value, but we have extraordinary relations with Arsenal. Right, let's tackle this from two perspectives. Uh, sorry, let's go for the three, because it's a three-way question. Let's tackle this first from Marseille's perspective. 
Marseille have the threat of a possible incoming transfer ban. At the moment, it looks like they are going to be able to sign players in the summer because of the appeal process that delays those kind of bans. It means they're probably going to be able to uh, sign players in the summer. So from their perspective, they should be able to. However, the money that would be associated with a possible deal, whether Marseille could afford what you know Arsenal would ask for Saliba is another thing. I'm not sure how much Marseille, uh, in terms of their spending power, I believe they have uh, American backers, but someone might be able to tell me if I'm wrong. At least they used to have American backers. But looking at all of their transfers over recent seasons, how much <clears throat> they've spent on players, I don't believe it's in the realms of what we paid uh, for William Saliba. If we remember, kind of Saliba cost Arsenal close to thirty million pounds, which was a huge amount of money for an eighteen-year-old centre back. And if you look at the players that they've signed, uh, 2022-23, they've already signed Milik and uh, Paul Lopez for a combined eighty million, plus Genduzi for another uh, eight million pounds. So that's already twenty-six million pounds they've spent. Uh, they signed Gerson for eighteen million, Belerdi from Dortmund for uh, nearly ten million pounds, uh, Lirola for five point eight, Luan Perez for four, Conrad De La Fuente for two point seven. Um, the season before that, Luis Enrique for seven point two. Luis Enrique sounds like someone very different. Alvaro Gonzalez for three million, uh, Dario Benedetto for twelve point six, uh, Ronier for eleven point seven, and then in eighteen nineteen they signed. Uh, one of the biggest players they've signed for a long time, which was Kevin Strootman for £22.5 million and Dujé Kaletakar from Salzburg for 17 uh, and Radonich for £10.8 million, which combined up in total with the others, um, uh, Jordan Amavi as well, to £59 million. Um, but you scroll back, Dimitri Payet, they signed for 26 from West Ham. Scrolling back further, you're looking at the kind of figures that Marseille have spent and they've never spent close to what Arsenal, I say close, Pae was pretty close, but they've only really spent once close to the amount of money that it took to get him into the team. So seeing Marseille spend that type of money would be significant. And I think Arsenal, coming from that second perspective, from Arsenal's perspective, they would be looking to get profit on what they paid Saint-Étienne, the 27 million, 30 million euros that they paid for him. They will want profit, surely. I say that thinking that's obvious, but considering the way we've sold players in the past, maybe I can see us letting him go for less. But from Saliba's perspective, it is, it's understanding of, of my colleagues at Football.London and Chris Wheatley reported this, that it is his intention to return right now. It's the intention of the player to return to Arsenal and to fight for his place in the team. Arsenal represents an opportunity to play in the Premier League and hopefully it represents an opportunity to play in the Champions League as well next season. He's been an Arsenal fan since he was young, but he has had his difficulties at Arsenal. We all know that. A lot of people want to turn around and say that Arteta is solely to blame for Saliba's mismanagement. I disagree. I think there's a combination of, yes, Arteta being involved in some poor decision-making, and we should have definitely registered him for the Europa League during the season that he then got stuck in the under-23s. There's also issues that happened with Ren at the end of that summer window where they pulled out of a deal that Arsenal were more than happy to accept and then signed Daniele Rigani from Juventus on loan instead. There has been issues that have been outside of Arsenal's control. And then Arsenal have done pretty much after that everything they, they've needed to do. They sent him on loan to Nice for six months. He did really, really well. They sent him on loan to Marseille for this season and he's had an excellent season. If he does come back and plays regularly and integrates into the team, 
his management over the last 18 months has been spot on. He wasn't going to get into the Arsenal team despite what a lot of people would turn around and say to you. He still wasn't going to be getting into the team at the age he was. If you've watched him this season for Marseille, he's been their best defender, but has had significant errors and areas of development that have needed addressing throughout this season that I would not have wanted to see at Arsenal. Mistakes that could have seen him, and we know what our fan base can be like, mistakes that would have seen him absolutely hung out to dry if they'd have happened at Arsenal. And they've happened at Marseille. And he's been able to learn from those mistakes and get better. So I'm fine with that. The issue from Arsenal's perspective, and specifically Arteta though, is whether Arteta is keen on Saliba being in the side next season. And there is no evidence, no evidence at this stage that Arteta is keen on Saliba returning. I'm hoping that Arteta gets asked this question in a future press conference, especially after Pablo Longoria has asked this question. So ahead of the game uh, against Leicester, I'm hoping that someone in the press conference is able to ask Arteta about the future of Saliba because Pablo Longoria has spoken about him. So I, fingers crossed we see some, some movement from an Arteta perspective. But he is too good of a player to let go, in my view. We are letting go of Genduzi, who was never going to work out at Arsenal uh, under the current manager. It was, just wasn't going to work out. If you want to play under Mikel Arteta, you need of a certain mentality. And Genduzi just had too many things and attitude issues that was going to let him work. He's been brilliant for, for Marseille and I think he's going to go on to be a brilliant footballer and we'll probably look back on it with an element of regret and bad timing. Under a different manager, it may have worked, but it wasn't going to work under Arteta. Saliba is different. Saliba can work. Saliba, we can integrate. He plays exactly like a centre-back that Arteta wants. He's got so many characteristics of passing and dribbling and movement and speed and recovery pace and good tackling and timing. He's got all of those elements to his game. There's still areas that are in need of dire improvement. He's far from perfect and he's still only 20 years of age. So that's very expected. But the potential is there for him to explode into a fantastic player. And it shows how good Ben White's been when we talk about how lack of guarantee there is for Saliba to come back and play. But there's an option that we could use him. If we are in Europe, we're going to need a big squad. We're going to need to rotate and we're going to need cover. Well, Gabriel's been sent off this season. You know, we're going to need to rotate. We're going to need to leave her there. And we need to leave her as an option. And we know that if you play well, you will keep your place. You can keep your place in this team. You can knock players out of the limelight. You think about Nuno Tavares earlier in the season, playing really well, kept Kieran Tierney out of the team. So uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Reggie, uh, the evidence that well, Arteta mentioned that he's our player and that they have him in their plans is true. But at this moment in time, there is no evidence to suggest that he is banking on him joining next season. And there's no evidence to suggest right now that he is fully in their plans. Just coming from the perspective of, of myself, from what I've heard, from you know the conversations that go on um, around the workplace, it's, you know, I, I'm hopeful, but I want, I need more. I need more evidence. Uh, and, and the conversations that I've heard uh, aren't, aren't great, uh, let's say. It's not optimistic that he comes back. So I'm hoping that changes in the last six months because there's no reason why he wouldn't deserve to come back. Anyway, we have one more story to discuss today as well, and we'll get to your questions. I've left a link to this conversation in the chat. We did mention this. I'm not going to cover this for too long because we did talk about it at length in yesterday's preview show. So do make sure you go and watch that. Uh, myself, Alex, Jared and Hamza had a really good conversation about the Watford game, but we also discussed what you may have or may not have seen. But Granit Xhaka sat down with Akil from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Link to that video is in today's description. 
uh, in which he talked about online abuse and he talked about uh, the way in which people abuse him either on social media, on YouTube channels, on Instagram, comments. And he talked about that and he talked about what people do and the kind of way it can build up and the way in which he faces so much criticism to his family. Now, I always talk about what happened against Crystal Palace with a level of understanding. I don't agree with what he did. I think what he did at Crystal Palace was very wrong and he shouldn't have done that. But there is an understanding from my perspective that if I was in that situation and Arsenal fans, despite it being my club, and you have to remember that he's not even an Arsenal fan. He's an Arsenal employee and an Arsenal player and it is different. But you have to understand that if your unborn child and your family are being abused on a daily basis and then you're at a point where you're being subbed off and cheers and boos are coming in your direction. No, he shouldn't have done what he did. But I understand why he did what he did. And I don't like him for it. But, you know, at the same point, I can understand why he had that behavior. And when the abuse continues and he talks about death threats towards his family and death threats towards his children, it's unacceptable. And that's the far end of the spectrum of unacceptable abuse online because we can scale that back and talk about how people, and I'm going to swear, so apologies, how people go and talk about Ben White by calling him, say, Ben Shite, and you see it on Twitter all the time because he because he costs £50 million because he's not William Saliba and people have a go at him like that. That is abuse. And people might want to use the term snowflakes or wet wipes and things like that. But these are the people that are the problem. These are the issues in the fan base. It's not about having a higher having a, a viewpoint that you demand more or you expect more or you have standards, it's wrong. And this is why suicide rates in men, for instance, in the UK is the highest, the biggest killer of men in the UK. Because online abuse happens to so many people and we see it in the footballing sense because they're so, they're so public and they're public figures. And, you know, it's ridiculous. And yet people act as if it's fine because, you know, we've got, you've got to have thick skin and, you know, you've got to man up or toughen up. It's not about that. And that's why in this channel and this specific community, and you guys know this because you've been listening to this channel for a long time, I'm sure. And we'll have some new listeners too and welcome. Um, but we have a no abuse policy and we have a no warning policy. If you abuse, you get blocked. There's no warnings. You're just gone. If you want to say Arteta's this, Arteta's that. If you want to criticize, that's fine. If you want to say, I don't think Granite Xhaka is good enough. I think we should upgrade on Granite Xhaka. I thought oh, Granite Xhaka had a good game or a bad game, and here's why. That's fine. But if you want to say Granite Xhaka is shit or Granite Xhaka, you know, just going and sending him a direct message and saying, Granite Xhaka, get out of our club, that's not acceptable. You know, there are other ways in which you can formulate an opinion that's not lazy and abusive. And we don't accept that here. And we control the chat box. So it is what it is. Uh, if you're not fine with that, if you're not able to control yourself, then you know there are other places you can go to vent that will allow you to do that. But we don't do that here. you know. And uh, it's a shame. And I'm not saying that I'm some, what's the right word, greater than thou person in this situation. Because when I was younger, I definitely called players these words. I was uneducated. I said a player was shit. I said this person was not good enough in a, in a not so nice way. 
And I was young and I can accept that. That's why I don't agree in cancel culture. If we block you and you want to come to me by DM on Twitter or DM on Instagram and say, look, Tom, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Can I be unblocked? Of course, because we're all about second chances. We're all about not cancel culture. We're all about people having, you know, being able to be rehabilitated in certain situations for more serious things. But at the, at the end of the day, it's not acceptable to say these types of things. And we have to learn. You have to grow. You have to improve your position. But yeah, I'm not speaking like this person that's never made mistakes myself. Definitely have called players that in the past. Definitely have done that. And now I've grown up to realize that it's wrong. And conversations like Granite Xhaka had with Akil on player abuse highlight to people why it's wrong and why it's why you shouldn't do it. And it's not about being weak. It's not about being snowflake. It's not about being a wet wipe. It's just being about a better person. That's all that it is. These players pull on the red and white shirt. They don't always play to their absolute best ability. And that's a shame. But that's life. That's football. I want to see a player that is better than Granite Xhaka come into the team. But I think Granit Xhaka's had a very decent season this year. I think he's been one of our better players. And I think he's been very important to what Mikel Arteta has had to do to try and get us into the top four. And I've been very impressed with quite a few of his performances. Not all of them. Getting sent off against Liverpool was silly. It was a poor, it was a poor decision making. It was, a, you know, it was a bit of a mindless challenge at Manchester City. He's made mistakes. Let's not talk about that. But also, people talk about um, and compare... Granite Xhaka to, say, Aubameyang's disciplinary issues or Genduzi disciplinary issues. And they're different because Xhaka's discipline off the field and what Xhaka does off the field is very different. And the reason why he gets sent off and gets straight back into the team is because he's fully committed to the club still. He's fully committed to playing the next game and playing to his best ability. You know, he follows the non-negotiables that Arteta sets out. Sure, he makes mistakes. Sure, he gets red cards. Sure, he does silly things. But that's not going against the non-negotiables that Arteta sets out. These aren't disciplinary issues off-field. They are different. They are separate. And that's why he gets into the team again after getting red cards and making mistakes. I understand where the people are coming from with that argument, but it isn't right. And it doesn't correlate to what some of the issues that Aubameyang say has done or Genduzi say has done. It is different. Anyway, there's my rant. <laughs> there's that over. Uh, we're going to go to the chat box and go to your questions. Now, I know it's taken 20 minutes to get there, but there were some things that I definitely wanted to say this morning. So I hope you're doing good and well. I hope you survived through that 10 minutes of yeah, <laughs> chat. And uh, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Deary me. Uh, we can move you on. Let's, uh, let's go to the chat box then. Let's go to your questions and we'll see you soon. Okay, let's jump into the chat box to see what questions we've got and comments as well. Let's scroll up because I'm sure there are a lot of people that wanted to have their words on. Uh, oh, nice. There's some really nice comments. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. Uh, John, smash the like button. 346 of you watching. Only 41 likes. Uh, Steve Stone says Saliba's contract situation will be good. Discussion when he comes back. He will have two years left. He will, Steve. And in my view... He, alongside Bakaya Saka, are two of our most important things uh, that we need to sort. Before we worry about any transfers and players coming in, Saka and Saliba need to be sorted in terms of contracts. Absolutely. Needs to be up there with an absolute priority. Maxi says, do you think we could play a three or a five defenders next year? Tierney, Gabriel, White, Saliba and Tomiyasu. We absolutely could. I'm not sure Tomiyasu is suited to a wing-back role. 
But I think there's also an argument that Saliba can operate in that Tomiyasu role in certain games. In games where we're struggling for depth, you know, like we've played Ben White at right back, I'd rather Saliba play right back. And he's had opportunities at right back for Marseille. He's played there in certain fixtures so far this season, had mixed results, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Um, but I think that he suits that right back unorthodox role over Ben White when we have to use Ben White there. I think we should be signing a backup right back, to be fair. But if the situation arises that you've got a choice between Saliba and Ben White, I think Saliba would suit that role as well if we need to. Um, Maximir says, Tom, we as humans are cynical by nature. We thrive on such behavior, especially in social media. Hard pill to swallow, but true. And not to forget, this is how social media thrives. And that's why social media, Maximir, does not crack down on these issues. Does not allow, not allow, but does not act swiftly, does not act appropriately, does not ban people quick enough. That means that they have to put YouTube, for instance, has to put the control in the hands of the creator to block certain words on their channel. Like if you saw the list of words that I've had to block on this channel, it's disgusting. And the fact that that's down to me to try and preempt all the awful things that people could say in a chat box. And then people still end up surprising me with some of the ridiculous things they put in the chat. And I have to think, wow, I'm going to have to find another word now to add to this list. It's mad that I, that's down to me to sort and that YouTube cannot, with all its billions, have some algorithm to seek and search this type of thing out. And also for like the perspective of, of genuine words and word detection and me speaking and like they can't have anything that also sorts that out either. And that people are allowed to just splurge this, this nonsense and, and hor horrific language and just, you know, abuse everywhere. Liam says, Tom, do you think Xhaka could be replaced by White? Uh, he's a good runner with the ball and a good passer as well. Uh, no, not for me, Liam. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this. I know I've talked about White in midfield before. I think it's a bit of a, it's a square peg in a like shaved corner of a square roll. I'm not saying it's a circle because it's not, he could play there. I just wouldn't really, you know, play him in that position personally. Uh, Timmy says, online abuse at the Xhaka, at the Xhaka, <laughs> at, oh, the Xhaka's, I understand what you mean now, Xhaka's family, is not okay. But surely the crowd booing and criticism is not abuse. Booing and criticism, I wouldn't go as far, I go back and forth on, on booing. I'm, I'm a little bit fluid, my view on it. I think, I think it is allowed. I think I don't, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm not going to sit there in a crowd of fans and be like, well, "You shouldn't be allowed to boo." Um, I think there is a level of sensitivity sometimes for timing, and I think that moment there was specifically one of them. And if the fans maybe knew of the online abuse, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Um, but criticism is fine. Booing, you know. Again, I say I'll go back and forth on it. It's not. I don't, I'm not sure it's abuse. Um, I think it's contextual. I think it's the timing. It's like when we talked about the Chelsea fans and chanting Abramovich's name during the moment that we were showing or the fans were showing unity with the people of Ukraine. Like It's the timing sometimes. It's the context around it. It's like when people talk to me about stats. Like I talked about stats the other day and said uh, how Pep Guardiola's assessment of Martin Odegaard was really spot on because he thinks that people obsess around statistics. And I agreed with him. And obviously the immediate response was, but Tom, you love stats. Like You talk about stats, but... It's the context. It's about how you apply. Stats should be used as a guide and used with the application of the context around it. And it's the same for, for this. It depends on the context. It depends on the timing and the situation. It's not black and white. It's not, it's, it's, the, it's, 
it's not binary, you know, it's context is so king with this. Uh, Christopher says, agreed, Tom, as much as Xhaka is frustrating and needlessly gets sent off, you can't fault how hard he works for this club and certainly doesn't deserve the abuse that he's received. Uh, Steve says, I love the cleanliness of the chat room. Massive thanks to Tom and all you great gooners in here. Shout out to the channel because the chat box is absolutely brilliant. Thanks, AV. That's a really nice comment. Really appreciate that, mate. Um, Adrian says, just because someone gets paid millions for playing football, it doesn't mean that they and their families can be abused and threatened. Absolutely. Criticism of players is okay, but abuse and death threats is not. And and you you, you rightly say that, Paul. And sometimes it takes time for people to learn the difference. Um, people think calling a player shit is criticism, and it's not. Um, it is abuse. And people might turn around and say, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, we're living in a world where you can't say anything anymore. And look, I think there are certain situations where it can go too far, and the shackles on speech can go too far. But I don't think that's one of them. I think there is a difference between what is abuse um, and what isn't. Um, and I think that people need to learn that and understand the impact that has because people might think me saying, if someone told me that I'm shit at football and if, look, if you've watched any of the Six Aside videos, you'll know that that happens. You'll know that I get stick. And look, it's it's fine because it's a few people. But when it's a footballer that has thousands of people doing it, it's very, very different. It's very, very different. Uh, and so thank you for bringing this up because it completely skipped my mind. Uh, but uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey scored his first goal for Lincoln uh, in a 3-1 win yesterday. Uh, will be perfect as a win-back or right-back. When we were talking about can Saliba get into a back three, I'll tell you, Brooke Norton Cuffey could be looked to someone that's playing in that right-wing-back role. Ryan Alabiosu is another one coming through the youth ranks on loan at Crew this season. Also one to keep an eye on. So there you go. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Scrolling down, scrolling down. I feel like I'm, I've missed so many new comments in the chat box. Uh, Tears of Discuss says, never thought Schick would be able to keep his Euros form and have a goal every game on club level. Had a tournament-only player feel with him like Podolski. But can he do it in the Premier League? Gamble or bid? I'm of the same mind. When after the European Championships, I also thought that Patrick Schick would not be able to keep up this level of football. I'm wrong. I've been so wrong about him. And I, he has convinced me that if Arsenal were to bid for him, I'd be very, very happy with him as an option. So yes, I absolutely would. Absolutely would try to sign him. Uh, Liam says, I have to give Ramsdale a massive shout out. I was very sceptical, but he has, to he has changed my opinion about him around. And I love his attitude. Uh, yeah, exactly. Look, and it's all about admitting you're wrong. Like, if there's anything that we do talk about here, it's when we're wrong about certain things. Ramsdale, we were so, so wrong about. Um, Nicholas Pepe proved me wrong against Wolves of what he can do and, and the value he has to this team. I want to see it on a more consistent basis. But yeah, look, you have to hold your hands up sometimes and say, I'm wrong. And if you don't, how are you ever going to grow and develop a better opinion or a better judgment on things if you always think you're right on something? You know, Arteta is going to be a big, big, it's going to be a big piece of humble pie for a lot of people, including myself, if it doesn't go the right way. And look, I say that I've been very critical of Arteta at the end of last season, at the start of this season. And I thought he should have gone. And I thought any other manager probably would have been replaced at any other club with the results that we saw. But obviously, since that point, the way in which we've moved forwards, the way in which the transfer window has gone and the impact of those players and the way in which the player management has been and how his in-game management has improved, he started to prove that opinion wrong. And so my opinion has changed, as opinion should change, based upon what happens. 
So, yeah, absolutely. It's all about changing your opinion on football. Uh, you can't be stubborn in this sport. Uh, you end up looking a bit silly. Uh, Christopher says, Tom Arsenal's under-23s beat Spurs. Uh, they did. Uh, I think it was an own goal, wasn't it? That led to the win, which is great to see. Uh, Aziz is playing. Uh, he's not... I wouldn't say Aziz is standing out. I think maybe he really needs to get kind of back-loving football again. And I think Charlie Patino probably has overtaken him. And he needs to come back from injury, to be fair, Charlie Patino. I think the under-23s have suffered without him. So we're waiting for him to come back. Um... Temi says, has Balogun scored at Middlesbrough yet? Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm aware, no. Uh, he's got a couple of assists. He's playing a very different role than what he was playing for the under-23s, to be fair. Uh, it's it's slightly more supportive than it has been. He's not like an out-and-out striker because they don't play with that type of system. So he's not playing in that position. He's playing very supportively. He, he got a winning assist. Um, I can't remember who it was against. Maybe it was Doncaster? No, I don't think it was Doncaster. I can't remember who it was, but... Uh, he got a very decent assist for Middlesbrough that, that helped them win a game and it was a great bit of play as well. So if you can find it, find it. Uh, John says, YouTube are just passing the buck by not doing anything to block horrible words that they can say and if it's not due to who runs the channel so they don't get in trouble. Um, absolutely. Hero says, we're going to get top four. Easy. I hope you're right, mate. <laughs> I really do. You're tempting fate a little bit there. What do I think the score's going to be, Josh? Go and watch my preview show. I do this and I say this every time. If you want to know my predictions, go watch our preview show. We did it yesterday with Hamza. We did it with uh, with Alex and we did it with Jared. It was a really good chat and a discussion. Uh, it's the last video that we got on the channel. Do go and watch it. And also go and watch the Arsenal Way 6 Aside video. Uh, link in the description for that. So do make sure it's, uh, it's worth doing. Trust me. It's worth clicking on the video. It's really funny. Leopold says, Tom, would you take Gabriel Jesus? Uh, not on his own, but I would take him alongside, say, a Schick or alongside a Calvert-Lewin or alongside a, a, a striker with your more physical presence about them. Yeah, I would. I think I'd, I find it mad when I see people go, no, not good enough. You're mad. He's got like 200 plus games for Man City. And he's been playing, you know, in a rotation-based team in different positions with a very different style role. I think he would be an asset to Arsenal if we had him. I'd absolutely love to see him in the team. Uh, I'd rather have Calvert-Lewin over Watkins, Maximios, personally. Uh, Check Perk says, any insight on how we couldn't have gotten a nine on loan back up at the very least? Check, this is one of my big criticisms of the January window. I feel that there were players that we could have got. I think we could have got a Veghorst on a two-year deal. I think we could have got an Arta Cabral on a two-year... No, more than that, probably a four-year deal because of his age. There were options. And that's the criticism I have during the January window. If we get top four, it won't matter and we won't even need to think about it. If we don't, and it's because we didn't score enough goals, we're going to rightly look back on January and think, why didn't we bring something in just for six months? Uh, Joshua, the latest on Noah Lang is that Arsenal have an interest. That's it. 35 million euros is the price tag, supposedly, that Club Bruges want. Arsenal are tracking him and like him, but there are question marks around his the social side of him and the personality side of him. There are some questions about his lifestyle. Um, that need to be taken into account because there's, there's worrying stuff. Um, but Arsenal are interested and they appreciate the player, and they should because he's got uh, bundles of ability. Um, so there you go. Anyway, we are going to wrap things up there. If you could drop a like on the video, I'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, and obviously, we'll be back this afternoon, this evening, uh, with a reaction to the scoreline between Arsenal and Watford. I'll be live on the Arsenal way straight after the game as well. So just about 10 minutes or so after full time, we'll be live, myself and Chris, having a chat about the game. So you can join us in the chat box too. Uh, and yeah, we're back tomorrow morning as well for the next 8am show 
as well. Plenty to be excited and enjoyable about. I'm looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be an excellent fixture and I can't wait to see what we do. I can't wait to see if we can see some fantastic football. I'm looking forward to seeing maybe Pepe make another impact. I'm looking forward to maybe seeing um, Cedric play, which seems mad, but I'm interested to see if this form can continue. And Granite Xhaka as well. Can he continue this good form? Can Partey continue his good form? Can Lacazette finally get a goal? Can Smith-Rowe add what we need him to? There's lots of questions. There's lots of things that are going to be discussed afterwards. Let's hope we can get three points and push ahead and get into fourth place. That's an important factor of today. We can get fourth if we win as well. So fingers crossed we get that victory. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Absolute pleasure as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.